Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. This morning's reading is taken from James, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, The Taming of the Tongue. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by the strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, a fig tree bears olives or a vine bear figs. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Gordon, and good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see so many people here in church and lovely to be able to greet those who are watching from further afield. I don't remember where we were and I don't remember who the host was, but as she poured a cup of tea for myself and my wife, she asked, do you take sugar? And I replied, No thanks, I'm sweet enough already. Now you may think that was a bit corny, or even vain. I was just trying to be funny. And it was pretty harmless. And that wasn't what got me into trouble. What I came to regret were the next four words that I spoke. I couldn't resist adding just one further comment. Do you take sugar? 
no thanks, I'm sweet enough already, but my wife does. <laughs> you see the implication. Those extra four words got me into trouble. Fortunately, my wife is a very forgiving person, so the damage was not as great as it might have been, and she gave me permission to share that incident, that joke that I made at her expense. I could give you many much stronger examples of me saying something that I regretted, saying something that was hurtful to someone else. Most of the examples would be connected in one way or another with the life of the church. And it wouldn't be fair to the people who were damaged by my words to share those publicly, particularly as this service is being broadcast on YouTube. In Anthony's quiz, we thought about a number of things that are comparatively small, but have a big influence. And here is another, the tongue. A small part of our bodies, but one that can have an enormous influence on the people around us. If we're not careful in the way we use the tongue, it can cause great harm. But if we use it wisely, it can do a lot of good. So I wonder, have you ever said something that you have regretted? Maybe words that were really hurtful, spoken in the heat of the moment to a friend or even a member of your own family. Maybe a joke that you couldn't resist making at someone else's expense. Have you ever wished that you could take those words back and swallow them again? The reality is that once we have said something, we can never unsay it. We can't make time go backwards and swallow the words. We can't press a rewind button in real life and go back and live that moment again without saying them. We may apologize for what we said. We may explain that we didn't really mean them. We may say that we were only trying to be funny, as I was when I said, but my wife does. But we can't unsay the words. James understood this. As a child, he was brought up by Mary and Joseph in the same household as Jesus. Jesus was his big brother. Now we know that children often say nasty things that they don't really mean to people they love, to their parents when they've been told off, I hate you. They don't really. Even to grandparents, you're mean but they don't really mean that. I wonder whether James or his brothers and sisters were ever mean to Jesus, said things to him that they might have regretted. We don't know what went on in that house in Nazareth, but there was a time when Jesus first started to teach the crowds in Galilee that his own family said to one another, he's out of his mind. And they turned up at the house where he was speaking to a big gathering of people to try to stop him and take him home. 
I wonder whether in the years that followed, after they had become believers in Jesus, they regretted having said that about him. In the years after Jesus died and rose from the dead, James went on to become a leader in the church. And our Bible reading was from a letter that he wrote to Christians all over the Roman Empire in the early days of the church. And writing to his fellow Christians, he reminds them of the power of the tongue. He says that although it's only a small part of the human body, it has great influence. It can do a lot of good, and it can do a lot of harm. He gives three illustrations to help us understand this, and they featured in Anthony's quiz. A bit is just a very small piece of metal, but placed in the mouth of a horse, it gives the rider complete control of the animal. A rudder is very small in comparison with a ship, but it is crucial to enable the captain to steer the right course. And a tiny spark, he says, or maybe we can think of a match, can start a great forest fire, as we have been seeing in devastating wildfires all over the world. Three examples. James didn't know the story of the princess and the pea. In the middle of those illustrations, he writes, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. In other words, it is very powerful can cause great harm and can be a strong influence for good. At one point he says that even though we can tame all kinds of animals and birds, nobody can tame the tongue. He recognizes that the tongue is very difficult to keep under control and he says that if anyone manages to control their tongue to the point that they never say the wrong thing, they would be perfect because if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. Well, I can confirm that it is very difficult, perhaps impossible, to be a person who always says the right thing. I've been trying to do that for years and failing, as my wife knows. And the passage ends with a great irony. James says, we use our tongues to praise the Lord. But we also use our tongue to curse other people. Applying that to our own lives, we come here to church this morning or we join in from home to praise God, to sing his praises. But maybe when we're driving home and some other driver pulls out in front of us, we use the same tongue to curse another person. Or perhaps in the back of the car, we say something unpleasant to our brother or sister. Or maybe later in the week, we are rude to someone at work or in the school playground. Out of the same mouth, James writes, come praise and cursing. And then he adds, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. So let's apply James' teaching to ourselves and think about the way we can cause harm with our tongues, our words, and how we can keep them under control. First of all, and obviously, we cause harm when we deliberately say something nasty or hurtful to someone else. So we all need to learn 
whenever we can to say positive, helpful things, to say kind words, not mean words, to be constructive, not destructive in what we say, to comment on what is good, even if we have a duty in some circumstances to point out what is bad in a situation. Secondly, it can cause even more harm if we say things about someone else behind their back to someone else. Lies, gossip, and slander cause immense harm that can lead to broken relationships, and the church is not exempt from any of those things happening. Thirdly, we may hurt people when we make a joke at their expense, which is what I did in my opening example. Perhaps there's someone in your class at school or in your circle of friends that everybody makes fun of. That person has probably become used by now to hiding the hurt they feel when people tease them. As Christians, if we are tempted to say something funny at the expense of someone else, we need to pause and think about how those words will make that person feel. Restrain ourselves from saying it and consider their feelings. And then fourthly, although James only writes about the things that we say using our tongue, I believe that exactly the same applies today to the things we write in text messages or WhatsApp messages or on social media. Many people, and particularly we hear young people being abused by what is said to them or about them on social media. They are vulnerable to being deeply hurt by what people say about them or to them. So we should all think twice before pressing the send button, just as we should before we open our mouths. Think about how those words will make the other person feel before we say them or send them. Let me give you one more personal example of that from my own experience. And it, it's one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given, but it goes back 24 years ago, and it happened in this building. I came to work church one Sunday evening full of anger. My wife and I were about to sell our house in another part of Croydon and move to the house we now live in just up the road. We were on the point of exchanging contracts and I had become very annoyed with the uh, attitude of our buyers that we'd received through their solicitors and I wanted to write a really angry response. And after the church service, I got talking to our then curate about this situation. Many of you, or some of you, will remember her, the Reverend Jan Dash. I told her what I was feeling and what I wanted to do. And she said, by all means, write the letter. But whatever you do, don't send it until tomorrow. I think I did write the letter when I got home. But fortunately, it was never posted. Jan's advice to sleep on it was very wise advice indeed. And we need to think that even more today in the world of instant communications that we live in. Pressing send is an irrevocable step on your email or your 
WhatsApp or whatever you use. We want to tell people immediately what our response is. When we're angry, that can be very harmful and can affect our relationships. We need to take time to think about our words. When we don't consider whether it's wise to say them or send them, we might find ourselves regretting our words for a lifetime. So it's good advice to wait, to pause, to think it over, to sleep on it before we write anything that might be considered angry or um, might be inappropriate. More than often, if we do that, we will avoid saying or sending words that we later regret. So let us strive to make sure that every word we speak or write is a blessing to others. And let us also be aware that when we fail in that, as we surely will, when our words hurt others and therefore wound God, we can confess them and be forgiven. Anthony's going to lead us in that now. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.